Hello and welcome to Journey to a Dream. I'm Beth Espy and this is where I talk to people who quite literally have a dream and that dream is to race on closed roads here on the Isle of Man. Now for some people it is quite straightforward but for others it is a little bit more complicated and the racer we're going to hear from now is still some way from that dream becoming a reality. My name is Israel Gillette from Tennessee, originally born in Tennessee. I have Romanian residency, though, and uh, I drove here, well, and took the Channel Tunnel and then a, uh, and then a ferry over to the Isle of Man. And is this your first time over here? No, I'd say it's about my seventh trip to the Isle, at least seven. 2013, I came over with, uh, with my girlfriend at the time to catch the TT. Were you into bikes already, presumably? Yeah, anything fast. I, I, I was already uh, doing some, some racing as a late teen, uh, go-karts, and in my early 20s, I was I was racing bikes as well. To what sort of success? How, how good were you at it? Oh, well, go-karts I was extremely good at. Motorcycles, uh, you know, I just like fast things, and I wasn't really that good at it. I mean, I was... Uh, uh, in the novice groups, I was kind of, you know, I could I could latch on to the end of the top ten or something. But uh, in those days, I wasn't all that fast. But you kept going, though. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I kind of uh, stopped racing a little bit. It got too expensive. I got up into Formula Fords uh, 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 out of carts, and, man, it was just massively expensive. And I, uh, you know, went to university and had a job and... You know, lived life, getting in trouble. Then, you know, I had a business and things like that, and uh, I went back to racing, and there's a little story to that, but... Uh, you going to yeah. tell us? Well, if you want to hear it. Uh, so, you've seen Dan here, uh, and for those of you listening, uh, Dan's my border collie, rescue, that I, he's from Tennessee now. Uh, uh, Dan w- it came from the same animal shelter my previous best friend, uh, Daisy, came from. And, and I got her when I was about 22, 23 years old, and I had her for, for uh, 15 years, and she traveled all over the, the world with me. And uh, I think she made it to, I don't know, 47, 48 countries, four continents. And uh, she was in good shape, but, uh, you know, we'd, we'd done all these different adventures together, and I'd had plans to uh, go to Africa, ride through Africa on the motorcycle with her. And uh, just all of a sudden, though she was in excellent condition, she was a, a black lab uh, a border collie uh, mutt, and uh, she just got sick and, and passed away. Oh. And it, it was kind of a, a, a crushing for me. And, uh, you know, I, I'd done all these adventures and had plans for more. And then I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And this was 2017. And uh, I thought, you know, I, going forward, you know, what, what I'm going to do, I'm going to change my, my plans. And I thought, well, you know... I've not been racing in a while. I want to go back racing again. And, you know, I want to race on the Isle of Man. And uh, just, yeah, within a, a week or two, I went uh, found went on Facebook Marketplace and I found a, a Suzuki SV650 in good shape and, and I bought it. And the ver- that very day I was racing. And uh, I still had a racing license, and they they honored it. Yeah, I, yeah first day back, I was uh, uh, running as a as a novice, and uh, I won my first race. Like that day, I was first day on the bike. That uh, you know, though 
I hadn't been racing those years. I had been riding a, 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 a great deal uh, all over the world, and you know, I was wondering, you know, is it going to translate riding around on these Tenere's and Africa Twins and you know whatever else I had? And yeah, it did. I, I was a much better rider then than I had been when I was trying to race in my uh, early twenties and late teens. That's incredible. I suppose you were doing all of that stuff around the world. Um, presumably, were you working alongside that? How were you financing that? Well, uh, okay. No so, question, sorry. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> uh, it's fine. My first really big trip, not, and not just the like transcontinental, talking about trans-European bike trip, which, which was my first, uh, was, was trans-European from, from the UK to Romania. Uh, my first really big one was from uh, Tennessee to uh, Argentina and Chile, and I did that by myself. Um, and uh, I just saved money. I, at, at that point, I was still in, uh, finishing up university, and I took a job at the end of school, uh, and a, a carpenter job that paid pretty well and saved the money. And I lived like a Cretan through the trip. And, uh, you know, like not really spending much money, no, not many hotels. Not that the hotels in South America were terribly expensive at the time. But, uh, yeah, it just did it on a dime, did it as cheaply as possible. And there were a couple of times where I had to replace a clutch on my BMW, and that's a bear of a job, it, it, it being a, a shaft-driven motorcycle. You know, somebody would step up and help or advance me money for a job or you know things just worked out uh since then uh, i've pre-covid i was importing and exporting motorcycles and i was sending shipping container loads of bikes and uh, back to the states and then i had a shipping container load of bikes meant to come to europe uh, to sell but that uh, you know covid kind of goofed that up so um, I've been working as a carpenter again, so I'm go when I go back to Romania this time, I'll fly to the States, and, and I've got a carpenter job lined up. So that's kind of how I do things. And how did you end up wanting to be in Romania, I guess? <laughs> Is that another story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know, in, in the early uh, 90s, and in, in, in 1990, my father went to, to Romania, and uh, he he kind of fell in love in the pl with the place. He had a, a, a kind of he started a uh, foundation and bought a farm in the late nineties. And uh, the farm's really nice. It's a, you know it's a medium sized farm and uh, the foundation. Uh, it, it's it continues to to live on, and I, I'm. I'll be involved one way or another. I'm not exactly sure with that, but I, but I do like it in Romania. So it's I like being on the farm. So we heard about Daisy, and you mentioned Dan, who, if uh, we can describe, is just sitting down next to you. I can't actually he's, quite. He's laying here. He's not really bothered about anything, <laughs> and he's hearing us talking about him. But he he doesn't he doesn't care. He's just he's just laying there. So when did Dan come into your life? Um. In 2018, uh, the folks at the uh, animal shelter I'd gotten Daisy from, they were very familiar with Daisy's story and, uh, you know, all the cool places she went after being, a, you know, a, a shelter dog. And 
I got a I got a message uh, on Facebook on Messenger. Uh, I believe that's how it was uh, from the lady running the animal shelter, and she said, you know, we have this uh, border collie here, and uh, he's in on a hold, but uh, you, you, if you want to come in and meet with him, and if you want him, he's yours. So. I went to meet with him, and he was <laughs> he was looking a little disheveled back in his little cage, and he had dingleberries hanging off his fantail, and I was like, I don't know, and uh, but I started talking to him, and he naturally uh, knew uh, what I was saying. You know, he was a smart dog, but he was very very skittish, and I was thinking, well, is this dog going to be able to ride on a motorcycle? Because that's the first question anybody going to pick up a dog. Of course, <laughs> of course. So uh, you know, I could tell he had he had some potential, but the, I had some misgivings. So I thought, well, dog, I'm gonna give you a shot. So I, I, I did the paperwork and and took him home, and I you know I let him get comfortable with me for a, a few, uh, two or three days, and I had a Suzuki DR650. And I had my uh, uh, friend ride it out to a uh, kind of an abandoned road on the edge of the town I'm from, Johnson City, Tennessee. And um, <laughs> I took his, his car out. And then we had the panniers on the, on the Suzuki. And I was like, all right, dog, this is not fair. But, you know, if we're going to be a team, you have to be able to do this. And so I loaded him up on on the bike and, uh, you know, put put a set of makeshift doggles I'd made out of uh, uh, swimming goggles. Do you call with, them doggles? Well, that's th- brilliant. Th- th- yeah, well, th- you know, th- that is a trademark name. So th- there is a company okay. that makes doggles. but Never heard it before. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, I, these were not doggles. They were, they were home fashioned because I didn't have a set of daisies uh, available. They were in Romania. So, uh, you know, I, I loaded him up in the pannier, and he, he, he kind of dug it. He was all right with it, and uh, I fired up the engine. I was kind of worried about that, and he kind of he, he jerked a little bit, but it idled, and he kind of settled back down. You could tell he liked his pannier, and I was like, okay, buddy, it's uh, do or die time. Let's rock and roll, and he was a natural. I mean, he was just great at it. It was amazing. It was amazing. And, you know, that was five and a half years ago. And there's no doubt in my mind at this point, he is the world's best, in the history of the world, the best motorcycle dog. There's, It's not close. It's not close. Well, we, I've never heard of another one, really. Re, not, you haven't? No, no I don't it's, think so. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, yeah, they're out there. They're out there. And none of them are bad. I, no, when I say he, he's the best, I, I'm not saying all dogs are the best. He's just the most skilled rider. Uh, so, it, you know, that's just... I suppose so. I have seen people maybe with them sort of almost in backpacks and just taking them for little trips. But the idea that, I mean, he has been to some places now. Yeah, he's uh, somewhere in between 35 and 40 countries he's been to, four continents. Like, Daisy made it to four. It's hard to get to the last couple. It's almost impossible to get to Australia. It's pretty, we'll, we'll just go ahead and say Australia is impossible for a dog to get to, as well as Antarctica. So he's missing South America, but there, I've got something cooking in my head to get him to South America. So uh, this this winter, well, winter in the Northern Hemisphere, we might be trying some, some harebrained stuff. Well, well, I'll keep you posted.
Is this his first time to the Isle of Man? I know you said you've been seven or so times, but is this his first time? Uh, yeah, actually, yes. And he <laughs> he's wearing a hand-me-down patch. But Daisy did make it to the Isle of Man. But but Dan, this is his. Though he has been in the UK a few times, uh, he's he's never been to the Isle of Man before. Are you enjoying it? Is he? Does he like it? Oh yeah. Oh, he's loving it. We do a lot of hiking and a lot of. Uh, and I don't like running, but if I'm hiking somewhere beautiful, uh, the the running comes a little easier. So uh, we've been down in the, in the south for the uh, the races in Castletown, and uh, so I go to Port Aaron and uh, and Port. Port Mary? Port, Port St. Mary. Yeah, yeah. Point St. Mary. And uh, we've been hiking along there. There's some elevation changes and, and uh, uh, really beautiful uh, views. And uh, there's lots of wildlife for Dan to chase. It makes him happy. And, uh, yeah, he, he really enjoys it and been doing a lot of swimming and uh, hiking and running, trying to break a sweat each day. And, uh, yeah, he's, he, he likes it here. So obviously you were over here, as you said, for the racing down south, and we and we know everything that has surrounded that, and it's been truly heartbreaking for everyone involved. Is that your first attempt to to road race over here? It's my first attempt to road race. Period. Uh, I've I've done you know since the uh, 2017 when I got back into racing, I've done a lot, and I uh, you know you've uh, got uh, obtained a pro license with Moto America in the States or AMA Pro Racing if you like uh, uh, racing super sport I've done a lot of racing but uh, none of it has allowed me to, to to reach my goal which race on the mountain course on the Isle of Man uh, so they wanted road racing and though there's none of it in the states at all uh, I've, I've come over here to you know uh, to, to, to get that done and it could have worked better, but uh, you know, it, there's there's no keeping me down. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what it, it what whatever's required. Uh, I'll, I'll be there and I'll do it. I, you know, the next step, I don't know. I'm gonna try to race Oliver's Mount next week. But the ultimate goal is to say the mountain course. I mean, I've I've spoken to so many people now who just have that in their sights, and I think, as I always say, I think it's hard for anybody who's on the outside who isn't completely obsessed by the idea of it to understand what it is about that thirty-seven and three-quarter miles that just make people think, "I need to do it." Uh, well, in my case, it was. You know, I I liked fast things when I was a teenager, and I first saw the broadcast uh, from from the TT that made it to the U.S. shores. And you know, I, I was kind of acting like a hooligan kid. I'm still a little bit of a hooligan, and uh, you know, that's kind of what I did was ride around on motorcycles and drive cars way too fast in mountain roads in uh, in Northeast Tennessee. So immediately when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, that I can I can identify with that. That looks that looks like a lot of fun." <laughs> and who were the people you were watching at that time? Do you remember the big uh, names? Uh, well, of course, you know Joey Dunlop. I remember very very vividly the the uh, when he was on the rc51 or you guys called the sp1 uh honda uh coming in and beating uh well nick nick jeffries was big at the time and he was on the r1 and the r1 was probably a little bit faster on the top end but uh the, that uh works hrc engine on the uh, honda was really great so uh, seeing joey i believe he won three races that week two or three and uh you know 
it's like, wow, how amazing this guy's 48 years old or whatever he was at the time uh, coming out on top. And, uh, you know, now I, I feel uh, really feeling it as I'm I'm now in I'm in my, my younger 40s. But, uh, you know, I'm like, well, if he can come and do it, so can I. So. Uh, that that was uh, that was a big big thing, and you know I think McGinnis was on the podium then, um, a, a few different guys. You have presumably during the past few days while you've been here, I'm assuming you've done a, a lap on the open roads of the mountain course. Have the, you? Well, you know that's a, uh, that's a that's a great question, and I have not. However, when you intercepted me out in the parking lot i was on my way to do one so dan and i are going to uh, with the you know the afternoon we'll do at least two laps today so but you've done one before oh yeah well in 2019 i was here for the newcomers training we did a bunch okay so so talk us through your journey then and in terms of of where you're up to with things so far of Uh, being a newcomer and and looking at the mgp well you know i got to think i i I've got a real good chance, you know. I've got, I do have a pro license with with Moto America. I did well at the Daytona 200 this year, racing on my Ducati. Uh, I have a nice machine. Uh, I would like to think that there's some demand to get a Ducati V2 on the grid at the Max Grand Prix. My results over the past few years have been very, very good. Getting into road races as an American is very, very, very difficult. The, the insurance and, and there's a whole lot of red tape that you got to climb through. Uh, it, you know, me getting into the Southern was kind of an achievement for me and one I'd really hope to build on. Now, if I can go and, and do uh, Oliver's Mount next next week, I don't know. Yeah, I'll go back and try to do continue to do some races uh, at Daytona this October and maybe Barber Motorsports Park and a big big event. And, you know, getting into the road races is tough. I, I, I got a approval to race at Cookstown this year, and I couldn't get the, the, the insurance I needed to do it for me. And I couldn't find anybody to even, you know, point me in the correct direction. So I, that's a race I would have done, but I, I couldn't get the, get the stuff required to do it. So You said you were over here in 2019 for some newcomers bits and pieces what was that for well for the max grand prix newcomers uh weekend so you were able to do that even though you haven't officially been given a place is that how it works uh exactly you you come in i believe it's in march they have it or they they did then and things are done a little bit differently post-covid i believe but uh yeah you come in for the weekend and and you meet uh the the guys involved from a lot of people from manx motorcycle club and they uh you know you go and do laps and they give you little presentations about you know what you can expect from the uh, the the race week at, the, at that point it was much longer than it is now but um take you through the scrutineering and and, and this and that and uh uh yeah just for one reason or another i didn't i didn't get to i didn't get the start so and then as you say covid popped up its head and then you have that two-year hiatus and and with the added difficulties as you talk about finding insurance and whatever is that because it's just not out there is it just you you don't know where to look for it or is it well now now for for the events here i know where to look for it Uh, it's extraordinarily expensive uh especially as an american i do have romanian residency which 
could allow it to be less expensive for the next event I do here. I didn't know that uh, coming into this one. The I'm talking about for the Irish road races. It, it's a different, a different insurance, or and I'm not sure. I can't. I can't tell you. I, all I know is I called every guy I race with in the United States that has done any kind of Irish road racing or uh, raced on the Isle of Man or any kind of road racing period. And I'm like, well, we don't really know where to point you in the direction for that. So, yeah, uh, I, I'll keep asking questions. So we'll I have no doubt we're going to see you on the start line at some point. I really <laughs> don't. With uh, Dan there as well, probably just watching from the sidelines. <laughs> and in terms of um, friendships, we talk about um, this a lot when we, we think about the motorcycle world and the connections you make. Are there the friends that you've made along the way, you've met at the newcomers' events? Oh, sure. And and there are several guys from that newcomers' weekend that, you know, I've kept up with. Uh, one in particular, though, was Mike, Michael Mace, and uh, he and his father, Lee, are, 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 I consider them good friends. And they've taken good care of me uh, here uh, coming to, to race at the Southern. And, uh, you know, back when I didn't get the start in 2019, I, I didn't want to be, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So I came back and uh, I worked the uh, pit stops uh, for him for the race. And he did really well. He, it, he probably should have finished third in the newcomer race, which they still had in those days. But uh, on the last lap, he had some engine problems, end up finishing just off the podium and fourth. Uh, so yeah, Michael definitely is uh, the the closest person from you know that I've met uh, from here. But there's there's several that, as I said, that I keep up with, and we see them out there on the in the Facebook world. It's really important, I guess, to have those connections because, particularly in your position where you're just looking to get that that step up, you know, somebody will know someone, won't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that that helps, and but just to have somebody that's done something before, you know, it, it kind of help point you in the correct direction. It's it's invaluable. Not not just them. You know, the the vice chairman of the Max Motorcycle Club, Jim Hunter. He's really helping me uh, a, a lot. I don't, you know, I don't know what to say. I, you know, I want to thank the guy. He's, he's, he's really a genuinely nice fella. And, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure that uh, those people are uh, commended for, for the help they're offering. You know, they're not really getting anything out of it other than just to, to help me. Do you have any social media presence where people can keep up to date with how you're doing and what you're up to? Well, uh, yeah, and the 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 biggest outlet, the, the Moto Mutt International, and that's M O T O M U T T International. Uh, it would be the 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 most broadly uh, viewed. That's on Instagram and Facebook and and YouTube. Uh, you, you know, you can always look at, at Israel Eugene Gillette as well. But Moto Mutt International, that's that's your ticket. That's uh, that's where all the good stuff's at. And as you say, fingers crossed that you're going to to get some racing in next weekend. And, um, but after that, what's next for you and Dan? Oh, well, uh, though we've had the uh, good fortune of being lent a Triumph Tiger to ride around on the island with, and we're getting ready to do those couple of laps around the mountain course on. And and special thanks to my friend James Vickers, who uh, is a contractor here on the Isle that lent me that bike. I've been getting good use out of it, and uh, we'll be loading up in my Toyota Urban Cruiser and uh, floating on back to uh, England. 
and uh, then it's back to Romania. It'll be uh, maybe we'll take the southern route on the way back, and uh, boy, I've got to get I, I got to fly back to the states and pay some bills. This 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 racing stuff's expensive. It certainly is, Israel. Thank you so much for talking to us. Lovely to meet you and Dan, and we can't wait to hear about you getting on to that MGP start line. Hey, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Israel Gillette and his faithful four-legged companion, Dan, who absolutely rocks his doggles like no other dog I've ever seen. Now, unfortunately, just after we recorded that interview, Israel found out he wasn't able to race at Oliver's Mount. But he did organise a track day at Donington Park to improve his mood. And we really do hope we'll see them both back here on the island very soon. Now, if you would like to tell your story, wherever you are up to with your journey, I would love to hear from you. BethSB at manxradio.com is the best contact email. And until next time, take care. Bye bye.